Hello, thank you for being here. My name is Dr. Laura Greenfield from lauragreenfield.com and you are listening to Let's Talk Facilitation. I teach college educators to be outstanding, socially just class discussion facilitators. My primary focus is to help educators, including those who are nervous public speakers, to recognize the potential they already have within themselves to be outstanding facilitators, and then to support them in developing purposeful practices. Today, I am talking about how to make discussions inclusive for real, not just stating the intention and going about business as usual, but actually changing how we may be used to engaging. In particular, in today's episode, which is part two of a two-part series, I'm going to help you identify three foundational strategies for taking concrete action to cultivate a radically inclusive or transformative space for class discussion. I chose this topic today because it's one thing to theorize a concept. It's another thing to know how to translate your idealism into actual practice. Many educators are full of conviction about wanting to create inclusive spaces, but don't have the tools to do so effectively. I certainly remember feeling that way early in my teaching career. One of my most painful memories is of a day when I wanted to discuss the historical silencing of people of color, analyzing protest strategies related to current events at the time. I was nervous going into the discussion because I wasn't confident that I had the tools to support the conversation successfully and I didn't want to cause further harm to students of color in the class if things didn't go well. Sure enough, a white student in the class started making some ignorant, implicitly racist statements, and I found myself paralyzed in the moment about what to do. One of the only black women in the class got up and walked out. My heart sunk because I knew I had failed in that moment to prevent harm and to create the inclusive space I had so desperately wanted to. It took another white student intervening to stop the commentary, and I am grateful to her for that, both for her leadership in the moment and for what she taught me through her example. It has taken me many years of study and practice since those days, and it's still a work in progress, but I am now equipped with meaningful tools that I will share with you today. Before we dive in, I want to recap some concepts we discussed from the last episode. In particular, we talked about how inclusion is really an inadequate concept for the type of transformative work we want to do. And the reason why is that it maintains the power of the insiders. It does not change the power dynamics in a space. Rather, the insiders determine that the outsiders are welcome, but they're still outsiders nevertheless. So as an alternative to the concept of inclusion, we talked about radical inclusion or transformation. And in this model, everyone shares power. There are no insiders or outsiders, but rather everyone has agency to influence the experience. So here are three foundational strategies to take action towards cultivating a radically inclusive 
or transformative space for class discussion. Number one, prioritize the leadership of historically marginalized students. What that means is we want to disrupt the pattern where historically dominant folks are the powerful insiders and everyone else are outsiders. And so one of the ways we do that is by centering the leadership of historically marginalized students. Now that doesn't mean putting people on the spot and insisting that they educate everyone else about their experience, but that we make room for those who choose to take on a leadership role in discussions to do so. Now, as a facilitator, in order to make that happen, we don't want to simply trust the assumptions that we will be fair. Just because we mean well and just because we are trying to create that space doesn't mean that we will necessarily be doing so because we all have implicit biases that are shaping our views and our practices. So we want to put practices in place that ensure a more just outcome, independent of our individual biases. So one strategy for doing this is something I learned from students at Hampshire College, and this is called a progressive stack. And what this means is, as you are facilitating a discussion, either you or a designated helper keeps track of the hands that are raised, keeps track of the people who are signaling that they would like to contribute. And so on a piece of paper or on the board or somewhere, that person writes down in order the hands that are raised so that when it is time for the next person to speak, the facilitator can call in order on those names. Now that is a stack. A progressive stack prioritizes the historically marginalized folks. So for example, as they are collecting the names on that list, rather than simply going in order and calling on people, the facilitator would jump ahead to a person of color, for example, to a non-binary person, for example, and give them the floor in advance. In a way, it's a form of affirmative action in a discussion context. Now, this isn't a foolproof system. Identifying who is a historically marginalized person depends on visual cues and other sorts of assumptions. Um, however, it is a step in a positive direction. Number two, be confident excluding comments, questions, and behaviors that perpetuate dehumanization. It's tempting to think that in order to create an inclusive space that we need to create room for every voice and every comment. However, it inherently contradicts our goal of inclusion if we are including exclusionary contributions. And so we can draw the line at excluding those sorts of comments and questions and behaviors. Now, there's a lot of talk these days about cancel culture and how it's a problem to be canceling people for 
making mistakes. And I want to differentiate what we're uh, doing here, that it's not about canceling people. We aren't threatening anyone's humanity by saying certain comments or questions are not welcome in a particular space. Rather, we're disrupting violence that occurs through those sorts of comments and questions and instead inviting people to engage in new ways. So we are not canceling a student by saying we are not going to defend racism or defend other forms of oppression, but instead we're going to say we are shifting how we learn in this space and the way that I am inviting you to learn is through listening rather than through speaking in this moment. Now, if the person isn't happy with that, they can choose to disengage. They can choose to leave the room if they aren't willing to abide by the norms. So I want to give you some examples of language that you could use in these moments to create limits around what sorts of statements are welcome and what harmful statements are not. So you could say something like this. Thank you for your comments, Sarah. We are not going to debate whether trans people should have civil rights. We are taking that as a given and analyzing histories of trans antagonism in order to explore mechanisms for ensuring such rights now and into the future. Or, I appreciate your enthusiasm, Jeff, but right now we are holding space for folks to share stories about being targeted by racism, not debate whether racism still exists. Now, in both of those statements, you could hear that I prefaced my commentary with kinder words expressing appreciation for their enthusiasm or their willingness to contribute. That's just me. That's how I like to soften the blow. However, it's not necessary. We don't need to thank people for um, causing harm. And so feel free to leave those pieces out if you so desire. And finally, number three, establish community norms. Community norms are a set of shared expectations about how a group will interact and communicate with one another. And establishing such norms are important because it makes those expectations, particularly around radical inclusion, explicit. These are norms that you can create collaboratively or that you as the facilitator can present to the class that you have designed on your own. And in these norms, you want to use explicit language that prioritizes marginalized voices. I'm gonna give you an example of a statement that you can use that makes that expectation explicit. In this class, we will take an explicitly radical approach meaning that we will aim to speak directly and critically about the root causes of oppression, and we will aim to center the experiences and voices of people who are most directly harmed by oppression. Doing so means that students who experience greater privilege in relationship to the systems we discuss will be encouraged to participate through active, compassionate, and reflective listening, and those who otherwise experience marginalization in those systems will be invited, when they choose, 
to take a leadership role in holding the floor. This structure is both necessary to everyone's learning and to facilitating justice, which this class assumes are non-negotiable objectives. Now, having these types of statements as group norms are an important foundation, but they are certainly not the end of the work. You then need to be willing to be accountable to those commitments and to check in throughout the semester to see how you're doing and adjust as needed. This has not been an exhaustive list for building radically inclusive or transformative spaces, but it is a vital starting point. It's a foundation to build from. In episode three, I talked at length about community guidelines, and I put together a free PDF for you, which includes the text of a community guidelines paragraph that I wrote and have used on a number of my course syllabi. If you would like an idea of how you might word your own such statement, feel free to copy mine in its entirety or revise and adapt it for your own needs. Head over to lauragreenfield.com forward slash eight, that's the number eight, to grab your copy of the free PDF titled Sample Class Community Guidelines Statement and plagiarize away with my enthusiastic consent. Thanks so much for listening in today, and until next time, happy teaching.